Hey, we are so thankful that you're taking the time to tune into Grumwatt Church's podcast. It's our hope that this is an encouragement to you as you draw closer to Jesus. If you'd like to find out more about all things Grumwatt or for more info on our in-person gatherings, you can check us out at grumwatt.com. Now lean in. We're expectant for how God is going to use this time to speak to you today. One day while uh, Jesus was praying, his inner circle of friends, those, those 12 guys that are often referred to as the disciples, they were watching and listening as they would often watch and listen whatever Jesus was doing. And mind you, this, this wasn't the first time that they had observed Jesus praying, but as far as we know, it was the first time that one of them finally mustered up the courage to, to ask the question that, that they had all actually been, in fact, wanting to ask for, for some time. So, so Jesus, he, he wraps up this prayer, perhaps he throws an amen at the end of it, and, and one of them rather sheepishly approaches Jesus, and, and you kind of get the impression that this is the guy who just kind of drew the short straw. Again, they all wanted to know the answer to this question, but this is the one who was just forced to go and ask the question, and he, and he finally asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to, to pray. Jesus, will you please teach the 12 of us how to do what it is that you just did? Because after watching and after listening to Jesus pray for all this time, they came to the conclusion that perhaps, maybe, they had been doing it, well, wrong. They feared they didn't really know how to pray, even though they had been praying for the entirety of their lives. See, these were Jewish men, which meant that they grew up in Jewish homes. Prayer had always been a part of, of their lives, but th- their prayers were a lot different than the prayers that Jesus was praying. Th- th- their prayers were usually memorized. They were recited. They were scripted. They were prayers that were pulled right out of the Jewish scriptures, prayers that they were taught by mom and dad and religious leaders. And, and so if, if the correct way to pray was the way that Jesus had been praying, well, suddenly they, they had a lot to learn. And, and for reasons that We'll never know. Jesus, he waited to be asked. And eventually, they would ask, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, I would imagine, no matter how long you've been at this church thing, it's unlikely that you have ever approached anyone else and said, hey, will you teach me how to pray? In fact, if after hearing you pray, if someone approached you and suggested that perhaps you ought to learn how to pray, I mean, come on, you'd be, you'd be offended. You'd maybe even get a little bit defensive. I mean, like, just think about it very practically. You, you wrap up praying for a meal, and someone kind of gets up from the table and makes their way over to you, and they kind of lean in and say, hey, um, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you realize this, but you really just botched that up. So, so let's a little bit later, let's, let's talk about that. I need to teach you how to, to pray. And, and as it would turn out, Jesus is, is about to teach us something. He's about to teach us something about how to pray. So, so, so don't get mad if this somehow, anything that Jesus is about to say offends you. Remember, I am just the, the messenger. Jesus is about to tell us that, that we aren't praying perhaps correctly. So, so everyone right now, wherever you're watching from, just kind of take a deep breath. Jesus is about to school us in, in prayer. And I actually think we should be pretty excited about this because the, the, the truth is, and I'm just going to kind of be brutally honest right now, most of our prayers, well, they don't get answered anyway, right? Unless we count the prayers for the stuff that, that was already going to happen anyway. It turns out, well, your car keys, <laughs> they were exactly where you left them. You did end up finding a parking space, but so did hundreds of other people who, who weren't praying. It's like, oh my goodness, they won. But come on, they, they were sort of expected to win. And, 
When they weren't favored, when they weren't expected to win, well, they, they didn't. But, but when it comes to those other types of prayers, when you've been praying for something really big, like even a miracle, where, where if God does not come through, then, well, you're, you're in trouble. Maybe sometimes you get a yes, but, but come on, most of the time you just get nothing. And, and for some of you sitting here today, it's, it's been a series of nothings that has convinced you there's nothing to prayer and that it's a big old-fashioned waste of time. It doesn't work. And if that would describe you watching right now, I have some good news. Maybe good isn't the right word. I have some refreshing news for you. You're, you're right. That type of praying doesn't work. It, it, at least not the way we might want it to work. And so today, fittingly, we are beginning a brand new series titled Real Prayers for, for Real Life where we're going to explore how Jesus teaches us to pray. Because perhaps, like those 12 disciples, you too have sensed that, that, that maybe you're doing it wrong. You too have sensed that there's something different about how certain people pray, that there's, there's an intimacy in, in other people praying that, that your prayers seem to be lacking. Their prayers feel less scripted. They, they, they feel more personal. They feel more conversational. And maybe you haven't mustered up the courage like, like that one disciple, but, but you've actually been hoping that someone else would ask, Lord, teach us to pray. To which I think Jesus leans in and thinks, I thought you would never ask. But, but in typical Jesus fashion, he doesn't just dive right in and answer the question directly. He actually takes this roundabout approach and begins by teaching them how not to pray. And by the way, if you're new to this whole Christianity thing, you're going to love this. Jesus begins by pointing out the hypocrisy of so many people who are praying the wrong way. Hypocrisy that perhaps you've picked up on as well. He begins by saying, and when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. I love this about Jesus. He had no tolerance for pretenders. He had no tolerance for pretension. People who thought they were better than someone else because he knew their hearts and he understood well that they weren't better than others. In fact, they were usually the people who were hiding things. They were usually the people that were hiding behind their position, hiding behind their pretension. Truly, I tell you that they have received their reward in full. That is, God isn't going to reward them because he isn't impressed by their loud, their scripted, their rehearsed, their, their perfect prayers, those perfect prayers of disingenuous people. If they wanted attention, well, they got it. They got it from all the people watching, all the people standing over there going, wow, that's like an incredible prayer, but, but not from God. The only reward they would receive from this type of praying would be the attention they would receive from the people who are watching, from the people who are listening. Then he continues, he says, but when you, me and you, when you pray, and this little statement, it ought to raise some questions for all of us. When do you pray? Why do you pray? Where do you pray? As we're about to find out, these are actually the questions that Jesus was interested in. And as we're about to see, perhaps some of us, maybe even most of us, we've been doing it well wrong. He says, but when you pray, go into your room. 
See, if I was this morning to suggest that you can't pray while you're driving to that appointment, or you can't pray while you're sitting at your desk at work, you might get a little defensive, and you might retort, well, who are you to tell me when and where I can or cannot pray? But I want all of us to just kind of have an open posture this morning. This is Jesus saying these words, as in God in a bod, telling us how we ought to pray. He's trying to teach us something, something that we, like that first century audience, may have missed. When you pray, go into your room, close the door. It's like, close the door? Isolate myself? In my room? Not at, not at a church? Not in traffic? Not just before a meal? J- Jesus, well, why is that necessary? And, and he tells us later why it's so important to find a time and find a place to isolate yourself from everything and, and everyone else around you. So, so where you pray? J- Jesus says, well, well that's important, but, but first this. And, and pray to your Father who is unseen. See, what Jesus is saying here is so clear. Jesus instructs us to pray to God, our our unseen Father. Jesus instructs us to pray to God, not not him, not not his mama, not the saints. Pray directly to your heavenly Father. Jesus is instructing us to to address our unseen God in relational terms. To your Father. His Father. Our Father in in heaven. For some of them, undoubtedly, it was this type of relational approach to prayer that, that caught their attention. Perhaps it's that type of praying that you've seen in others that has caught your attention. He's saying, guys, find a quiet place where you can have a private conversation with your heavenly Father. Find a place where where you can say what needs to be said and whatever tone it needs to be said in and using whatever words that you feel are appropriate. Pray in private so you're not distracted. Pray in private so that you'll be honest, so that you can truly pour out your heart. That then your father, who, who sees what is done in, in secret, according to Jesus, and, and I think we can probably all agree he's a pretty reliable source in this department, uh, according to Jesus, God sees you praying alone with, with the door closed. That then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So, so here's that word again, reward. And Jesus is telling us that secret prayer is, is, is rewarded. Now, now, the religious folks who, who were praying very publicly, what was their reward? Well, they were seen by the public. Those who pray in secret, what is their reward? What, what is our reward for praying in this way? We are seen. We, we are seen by our Father in heaven. Church, I, I want us to think about that. What if that's, what if that's true? What if God sees you pray? How would we pray if, if we believed what Jesus just told us? And then Jesus goes on to offer us another do not. He says, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Babbling. 
repeating the same stuff over and over and over and over and over again. Translation here, repetition does not move the heart of God. Length or or style does not impress God. God is not looking for for the right, the the correct words. In in fact, in my experience, that the men whose prayers I have found to be the most impressive, the the long, the loud, the dramatic, the biggest words, they, they usually lived less than impressive lives behind the scenes. And so if if you're watching right now and you maybe have perhaps been hesitant to pray because you don't know what to say, this should be comforting. Jesus is telling us that that what you say when you pray is far less consequential than if you pray. When you pray, don't keep on babbling like the pagans, for for they think they're going to be heard because of, of their many words. Do not be like them. Don't be like those people who equate length with with merit. Do do not be like them for. And and what he says next explains why we don't need a lot of words or or we don't need the right words. Don't be like them for. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. (laughs) To which every single person watching right now ought to be thinking, are you joking? Are you kidding me? He already knows? I mean, come on, have you ever wondered that? I think this is actually the question that Jesus wanted them to ask, and he, and he wants us to ask. It's why the disciples wanted to be taught. And I don't think we should be surprised that God knows what we need before we even ask him. In fact, if God is God, omniscient, and all that stuff, shouldn't he know? I mean, if I have to inform God, then, then what does that make God? And this right here, church, this is so important. It brings us to the tension that Jesus wants to address. We're being confronted with the issue that that many of us wrestle with when it comes to prayer. Because let's just, again, be honest. Many of us, we've reduced prayer to informing God about our needs, informing God about our wants, informing God about our wishes, or about the needs and the wants and the wishes of, of other people. But come on, let's be honest, mostly ours. But, but if God already knows, then <laughs> why, why tell him? I mean, come on, why pray? But, but Jesus prayed. And, and he certainly encouraged his followers to pray. So, so, so what are we missing? He, he had their attention. Hopefully right now he has yours. Perhaps, again, we're doing it wrong. But perhaps that's why even some of you who are watching right now, you've kind of taken a season off from, from praying. And, and if you're watching right now and you're maybe still a little offended by the fact that Jesus is telling you that, hey, you're, you're doing it wrong, you don't really know how to pray, I think he probably has you exactly where he wants you. He, he's telling all of us that, that maybe we don't know what we're doing. And, and fortunately for those disciples, and in fact, fortunately for all of us, he, he speaks directly to this tension. He doesn't leave them with a parable. He just tells us, hey, this is exactly how you ought to do it. This then is how you should pray. You, you want to know how to pray? How to pray real prayers for, for real life? Jesus is, is about to tell us. This, then, is, is how you, you should pray. 
our Father in heaven. Church, he invites you to address him as your Father in heaven. Not, not dear Jesus, not hey buddy, but, but your perfect heavenly Father. When we pray, Jesus is, is inviting us into something that is, that, that is more intimate than, than spirit or deity or, or ruler. He's, he's inviting us into something relational. He is inviting you into something personal. In fact, Peter, one of those 12 disciples, he would later tell us, cast your cares on him knowing that he cares for you. Jesus is accommodating to our capacity. So, so, so he says the best way for us mere mortals to approach, to understand and relate to an otherwise incomprehensible God whose image we bear, but, but whose ways are not always our ways, is to approach him as a father. Now, admittedly, for some of us, for, for, for me, that, that's not a problem at all. As a father who was raised by an amazing father, I mean, that's a perfect picture. But for others of you, your, your experience, your life experience with your earthly father makes this imagery, makes this terminology a little bit challenging for you. And, and I want you to know that your heavenly father, he, he knows that. And, and my advice to you would be to bring that with you when you pray. And in fact, to opt for any other image or any other concept than Heavenly Father may mean that you miss something or that you miss out on something. He continues, he says, Hallowed be your name. See, Jesus is asking us right here to pause for a moment to consider who it is that we're addressing. The great God who has no rival, who has no equal. He is the uncreated creator who has invited you to address him as a father, both infinite and intimate. But when we pray, we should pause right there. We don't, but, but we should. Heavenly Father, hallowed be your name. What an honor it is to address you directly and to know, God, that I am known to know that, that I am heard. And, and come on, let's just talk again very practically. Let, let's be honest. This is, is difficult to do in traffic, right? It, it's tough to be mindful of while you're taking a shower. And this is part of the reason why Jesus began his, his teaching on prayer the way that he did. Get alone, get quiet. C create some space to appreciate what it is that's going on here. When we pause to reflect on who God is, we gain a better understanding of who we are and why we are here. This is where we recenter and we remember the broader context of our lives. Our little lives that are made significant, not because of what we accomplish, not because of how long we live, but because of whose image we bear and whose children we are. If we skip over or we rush by that, we're going to be a heck of a lot more likely to skip over what comes next. And, and what follows is why we pray. It is the purpose of prayer. It explains why you need a time, why you need a place, why we need to get away from all of that stuff that has a propensity to distract us. 
When we rush by who it is that we are addressing, prayer is reduced to a, to a good luck charm, a reflex, or a, or a last glance in the mirror before leaving home. It's a wish me luck before a presentation or an exam or a game. If we don't begin by experiencing some sense of awe, our Father in heaven, creator of all things, great is your name. Skip that. And what he says next, it's, it's going to be lost on you. It's why what follows rarely, if ever, shows up in our prayers. It's, it's why our prayers are so often predictable and, and mundane. Dear God, thank you for this day. Now here's all the stuff that I need from you. Okay, now I got to run. So, so what is next? Do, do we get to go and ask God for stuff now? Not quite. He says, your, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it's like, wait, what? Your kingdom? Your, your will? God, what about my kingdom and, and my will? What, what about my family and, and my job or my lack of a job? What about my health and my anxiety and my fears and my bills or my kid who won't talk to me? What about me? To which I think Jesus would lean in and say, hey, I, I already covered that. Remember the whole, like, hey, he already knows stuff? It's like, oh, yeah, crud, I already forgot. See, see, when we pause to think about who it is that we're addressing and when we acknowledge who we're addressing, what else is there to say other than you first, your agenda first, your kingdom first? The, the purpose of prayer is to align or realign ourselves with, with God's will. The, the, the purpose of prayer is to surrender our will, not, not to impose it. H Heavenly Father, but before I, I ask anything from you, I, I want you to know that, that I want whatever it is that, that you want. P prayer isn't about moving God, but rather being moved by God. It's not about convincing God to do our bidding, but rather allowing him to move us to a place where we're willing to do his. This is, in fact, actually exactly what was going on with Jesus just hours before his death. For those of you who grew up going to church, you remember this. He's praying in agony in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's begging his heavenly Father, if there is any other way, please, let's go with that option. But ultimately... Not my will, but, but yours be done. Church, I want us to think about this. Have you ever considered what hung in the balance of, of Jesus' willingness to, to submit his agenda to, to the Father's? More pointedly, who hung in the balance? You, me, the, the, the world, all of us. And Jesus is, is inviting us to pray and live as, as he prayed, as, as he lived. Being submitted to the will of our heavenly Father. This is why I regularly, and in fact I, I encourage other people to do the same, and I, I promise this isn't me bragging in any way, shape, or form. This is why I regularly pray on my knees. It, it sort of reminds me of my place in, in all of this. Reminds me of who's reporting to who. 
very practically speaking, it's just kind of hard to attempt to impose your will when you're on your knees. <laughs> to take a step physically and your heart tends to follow. But, but, but like all of you, I, I have my own little kingdom. I have my own little agenda. And, and Jesus, he reassures us that God knows all about our fragile little kingdoms. So, so we don't have to start there. We, we shouldn't start there. Your Savior, Jesus, he didn't start there. Instead, Heavenly Father, your agenda before mine. Your kingdom come, your will be done. How can I help? Where perhaps am, am I getting in the way? Grumla, until we get there, until our wills are surrendered to his, Come on, what, what's the point of continuing? Until our wills, to the best of our knowledge, are, are surrendered to his, aren't we just kind of users? Aren't we just consumers? Doesn't it reduce God to a sort of cosmic vending machine? In fact, consider this. If you quit praying because God didn't answer your prayer, as, as legitimate as your prayer was, the healing of a friend, the healing of a parent, the healing of a child, and then as a result, you gave up on God altogether. What does that say about your view of God? You assumed an unanswered prayer said something about God, but in reality, it said something about your view of him. If there's a God, he should answer my prayer. God didn't answer my prayer, my very legitimate prayer, so God doesn't answer prayer. God doesn't care. God isn't there. Which, mind you, would make sense if God was simply some sort of a cosmic vending machine or a, or a favor distributor. But, but, but what if Jesus was correct? What if God, your, your, your heavenly Father, is, is more than that? What, what, if he's, what if he's none of that? What if his plan includes you, but, but it's bigger than you? What if it includes you, but it doesn't center on you? What if prayer doesn't begin with asking, but, but instead it begins with recognizing and submitting? Recognizing and submitting. What, what if we're to begin by remembering who God is and maybe reminding ourselves of who we aren't so that his will takes precedence over ours? Uh, allow me maybe for just a moment to press in on this just a little bit further. The, the reason that you and I, because this isn't just a you thing, this is a me thing as well, but the, the reason you find yourself from time to time to trying to pray your way out of a situation that you behaved your way into is because you and I, we don't begin our days or, or our prayers surrendered to our Father's will. So, so, so you, me, we, we get our unsurrendered selves into situations that we can't get ourselves out of. That there are situations, think about it, that, that would have been avoided if we'd begun and continued the day in a thy will be done posture. See, see even when you find yourself in a mess of your own creation, how do you pray? <laughs> think about it, it's still all about you, right? Help me, save me, rescue me, God, bail me out. And, and does God hear those prayers? He does. But, but, but God would like to help you avoid those prayers. And the way that you avoid those prayers is by beginning your day surrendered to his will. This is, is why we pray. 
And for those of you who are sitting here right now and you're like the peer around the corner people and you're wondering what's coming in the following weeks, we're going to eventually get to the us part of all of this. And we're going to get to ask God for stuff. In fact, he, he invites us to do that. We're going to get there eventually. But, but, but for now, let, let's try praying this way, the, the, the Jesus way. Get alone. No distractions, no rehearsals, perhaps a little bit more informal than you're used to, maybe a little bit shorter than you're used to. Uh, addressing God as your heavenly father, where, where you take a moment to reflect on his greatness and yet his closeness that's infinite yet, yet intimate. And, and then tell him that his deal, his, his agenda, and, and his kingdom will be your priority all day long. In fact, just use Jesus' words. Your, your kingdom come, your will be done, right here, right now. Heavenly Father, I am just happy to participate. And, and, and if you're sitting here right now and you're watching, and perhaps that's a little bit of a sticking point for you, that, that is, you're just admitting you're not really ready to say your will be done, that's okay. In fact, you actually just learned something about you. You've, you've actually figured out where God probably wants to work in your life. And, and perhaps you just start your day with a prayer that's, that's as simple as, Heavenly Father, I want my will to be more like your will. Where, where, where you're just honest and you recognize that you're not there yet, but you want to get there. Heavenly Father, I want my will to be more like your will. It's like, Cher, are you sure? Can we, can we really pray prayers that are that, are that simple, that are that honest, that, that are that short? Yes. I, I think that that is kind of what Jesus was getting at. Church, in fact, I'll just be honest with you. One of the most consistent prayers that I pray in my life usually comes right at the beginning of my days. I, I pray this more days than not. I have my to-do list that sits ahead of me for the day. I have meetings and appointments and all this stuff that I need to get done. Oftentimes, it's preparing these messages. And I know I'm called to spend time with Jesus, to actually build that relationship with God. And one of my most consistent prayers is, Heavenly Father, give me a desire to seek you. I hate that I have to pray this prayer right now for like the hundredth time, but to just give me a desire to seek you because I'll admit right now inside of me, my flesh wants to get to my to-do list more than I want to get to intimacy with you. I want to start checking things off, off the to-do list for the day more than I, I want to seek your face and develop a deeper relationship with you. So, so, so Heavenly Father, just give me a desire to seek you right now. But back to where we started. Does prayer work? This type of praying, what, what Jesus is teaching us, it, it, it always works. It, it puts us in our place. And, and so I want to challenge us this week. Let's start practicing what it is that Jesus just taught us. Start with your heavenly father, not, not you. Declare his greatness and, and surrender your will. To declare his greatness and, and surrender your will. To declare his greatness and surrender your will.